there we go. We're back again for another episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. And it's another fantastic episode ahead for everyone listening. It's another podcast for me where I get to interview another footballer. And this is fantastic because it's a footballer who has had a very unique start to his career. And I'm really looking forward to learning more about um, this guy in particular. He actually plays for Venezia, currently speaking as well. So he's playing in Italy at the moment. He made his first first team appearance at the end of last season after moving from Sporting Lisbon. But he actually started playing football in his home country of the USA. But you've got Portuguese origin in you, haven't you, Patrick? Yeah, I do. I'm half Portuguese. My dad, my dad was born in Portugal. Brilliant. So if I ask you Ronaldo or Messi, who are you going to say? We, are, we already know the answer to that. We already know the answer. Ronaldo, yeah. of course. Brilliant. But no, everyone, um, this is Patrick Leal. Patrick, ver- thank you very much for your time today, taking time out to speak to us on the podcast. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you Can't for wait. being here. I'm looking forward to this one as well, because it's a very unique story I get to listen to you about as well. So first things first, this is how I heard of you. When I was in Miami a couple of months ago, I was speaking to like a football scout into Miami. And then it was like a little networking event. It was really cool to speak to these different people. And then he was telling me about some of the younger players going out from the USA really early in, in their career. So I spoke to a fellow who, uh, Miguel, who's out in Madrid playing. And um, uh, he was great. It was really great sport to listen to him as well and talk to him as well. And then he also mentioned you. He also mentioned the fact that you're actually out there in European football playing. And when I came back from Miami, I think a week or two later, that's when you made your first team appearance for Venezia. And for me... Venezia is literally the team where Luis Nani plays at. So that's all I kind of know about Venezia. I know everyone mm-hmm. says like, it's a very fashionable club. It's this and it's that. So first things first, how does it feel to be a, a Serie A player, Patrick? I mean, it was an amazing experience to um, just to get on the field um, in a Serie A game. Yeah. Um, and also just with being the players around me that I had when I went on the field, like Nani is on the bench. He, uh, right before I went on, uh, went on, he called me over and was like, oh, push, mm. you know, so it's in Portuguese. Yeah. But um, so it's, it's um, it was a really cool experience. No, that's really cool to hear. And for me, I'm a Man United fan as well. And for someone who's watched Man United over the years and to see Nani still playing like he does at his club and for you to be on the pitch before him as well, I'm like, that must mm-hmm. be, that must be quite kind of weird. Even more for you being half Portuguese as well, Patrick, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. I'm also a Man U fan, so it was. Oh, wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! This will be good. So this it will was be pretty good. big. Literally, mm-hmm. just there, like with one of your former footballing heroes as well, because he's so yeah. much from Man United. One, and so he's also pre- from Sporting as well. So that was another thing. Another link for you there as well. Yeah, exactly. Lisbon. And was mm-hmm. he there at Sporting Lisbon when you were there at Sporting Lisbon? Oh uh, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's incredible. That's really good. If if you if Nani ever needs to come onto a podcast, you know you know me now, so it's definitely fine. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can link you guys if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely love that. We'd, we'd be happy to to chat to Nani on this podcast as well, which would be great. But no, thank you very much for just going through that as well, because I wanted to know a bit more about how your journey came from the beginning. Because instead of us just talking about from Venezia and working backwards, I want to work from literally the beginning in the USA all the way to where you are now, because I yeah. think the listeners will appreciate it a bit more as well. So. Again, just start us all off from the very beginning. Where did you kind of grow up in the USA? Where did your first kind of love of football come from? I'm going to assume your dad being half Portuguese, like you just said as well. So um, how did that all come about for yourself, Patrick? 
Yeah, so my, my dad is a huge football fan. He's a huge Man U fan, so that's how I'm a Man U supporter. Loving it um, already. And, yeah, so so I started playing, me and my brother, um, because of my dad. And he started a little club um, in Newton, Massachusetts. That's uh, just the town where I grew up in. And so we played, like, uh, against other teams locally. Um, um, so that was that was fun. So that's how I got into it, because my dad. And, and then I joined a, a little bigger club that was still in Newton. And then after a couple of years playing with them, with um, people from greater areas, I joined New England Revolution, the, the MLS team yeah. that is, is based in Boston. And then after a year, we, we kind of realized that we wanted to always go to the next level. And so we, had, we thought that going to Europe would be the next step. So a- after um, playing for New England Revolution for a year. So then um, it's a long story how I got to the team in Portugal, but um, I played for a team called Belenense. They're like, the, for academy-wise, they're like the third best team in Lisbon behind Benfica and Sporting for a year. Me and my brother played there for a year. And how old um, were you when you played there with your brother as well? Um, um, we moved to Portugal when we were 13, 14. Wow. Did mm-hmm. you speak the language as well? Did you speak Portuguese? I mean, very, very little uh, enough because my, my grandparents only speak Portuguese. Mm. So just just very like just little stuff, but not definitely not enough to get by. So that, that was definitely one of the main challenges was the language barrier when I first got to Portugal. And it's not it's literally not like you started your career at 18 at New England Revolutions. For, for everyone listening, you actually moved when you were still a kid, when you were still yeah. at school, which is an, mm-hmm. an incredible sacrifice, I, I would say. How did you kind of find that personally for yourself moving over there, leaving your friends, leaving your Yeah, um, to be honest, the challenges in football for me has never really been on the field. That's always been like easy for me. The, the hard stuff was moving away from my family and friends and my home um, where I grew up um, and learning a new culture, a new language. All, all that stuff um, was the difficult side for me. Yeah. That's incredible. It's incredible to think that because some people never leave their hometown throughout the rest of their life, yeah. like their whole lives, let alone mm-hmm. go on a holiday or a vacation, I should say, to another country because they don't like change. But you're changing just like that. You're adapting straight away because of mm-hmm. the dream that you, your dad and your brother all want to accomplish. And that was great. And then obviously you went to Belenesses. Be- Belenesses? Yeah. Yeah. Be- yeah, Belenesses. Yeah, so you, you went to there as well. And that was for like a year or two, wasn't it? You a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you find that moving to um, Belenes to Sporting Lisbon afterwards as well? Because mm-hmm. you were at Sporting Lisbon for a couple of years before Venezia. So how did you yes. find that moving from um, literally one of the bigger clubs, moving to one of the bigger clubs in, in uh, Portugal as well, let, let alone Lisbon? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I mean, because I already spent a year in um, um, Portugal. It was a, a little easier than going from revolution to Belenenses than to Belenenses sporting yes but um I would say the the challenge there was just kind of getting used to everything seeing Nani um on the first team and things like that and just kind of like like realize that like you deserve to be there and like let, now let's get to work instead of just thinking like oh my god I'm at sporting you, you, would, have seen, you would have seen Bruno Fernandez there wouldn't you yeah that? yeah he, he's he's a really nice guy actually Oh, that's that's crazy to hear. Like, yeah. like you got Nani, Bruno Fernandez in the first team training away from mm-hmm. you as well. 
You got Ignacio coming into the team at centre back. Crazy to hear how all of these Portuguese talents were literally there, just like within grasp, like just learning. And did you get to learn much from them as well? Like, were either training from them or asking them for advice? How did that kind of work for you? Mm-hmm. Like some of these bigger players at Sporting Lisbon. Um, so when I was at Sport, I, I didn't get to see this, the first team a lot. I would only see them maybe once a month, like walking by or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but when I, I mean, when I wa- would watch them train or see how they act and stuff, um, I would see that they, they, the way they conduct themselves and the way they act as people is what I learned. Because all like the football stuff, um, you kind of learn through training and just watching and all that stuff. Um, and training, honestly, first team training is kind of kind of light yeah. compared to uh, uh, um, academy training. Um, so it's just just seeing how they conduct themselves as people and, and professionals is what I took away from them. Brilliant. And what did you take from them into like your games when you're playing in the academy? Did you get to learn about different ways of moving off the ball? Because mm-hmm. again, for everyone listening, you're an attacking midfielder, aren't you? Or a yeah. winger or a second striker. Would that be correct? Um, I, I would say I'm an attacking midfielder or like an eight, like mi- just a, a midfielder. Midfielder, but number mm-hmm. eight. It's kind of like yeah. a Barella or a... Uh, attacking midfielder but not someone who's like on the wing or if you're just in the middle yeah yeah just yeah brilliant no that's good to hear. but what did you kind of learn from them when you were looking at um them in training and what did you take into the game because did you get to play much for the academy for sporting lisbon as well for the oh uh, yeah well definitely i took away definitely um understanding of the game for sure and just yeah. move like movements and stuff i mean i've always i i would always say i always had a good understanding of the game and stuff um, but ju- it's just little things like passing to the the right um, foot so someone could could advance with the ball um, like quicker, like a second quicker. So just little stuff like that is what I definitely took away from sporting. Also, um, I I noticed that every player there is full of confidence. So I def that's what I took away from um, sporting for sure. That was the main thing. Just belief in yourself is really how. Uh, is how they conduct themselves as players with throughout the academy and and the first team. I mean, maybe that's also because they're um, it is one of the best academies in the world, so they kind of they you know they feel like that because that's where they are. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely confidence is what I would took away the most. I mean, when you've got Cristiano Ronaldo who grew up there and came through the best academy in the world, best academy in the world may have produced the best player ever. So yeah, you would you wouldn't be surprised to see how confident a lot of these players coming through. Even mm-hmm. like the Pepe came through at Sporting Lisbon, like you mentioned earlier, Nani coming through as well. Mm-hmm. So it's incredible to see the amount of talent coming through, uh, not just in Portugal but in Sporting Lisbon directly as well. So no, I can completely understand the confidence in that uh, going forward as well, Patrick. So thank you for explaining that as well. And what did you learn the most? What, if there's one thing you could take back from your time at Sporting Lisbon, what did you learn the most that's, uh, that helped you on your move from Sporting Lisbon's academy to Venezia? What was the one thing that you learned the most from that move? Um, <clears throat> do you mean on the field or off the field? You could do one of each, on the field one and of then off the field. Yeah. Um, on the field, I would definitely say um, just always, you have to always keep moving. If you check in for a ball and you don't get it, you get out and go find another space, keep going, make a run, come back. You know what I mean? Always trying to create space for other people, just always constantly, constantly moving. Brilliant. And then off the field, um, just being at sporting, I would say, I guess the, the confidence thing. Yeah. And even as a person, you know what I mean? 
off the pitch as well. Literally, it means yeah. so much because you can just bring it onto your pitch. And mm-hmm. it's like that for people in their own working lives as well. If they're not if they're not happy uh, in work, they may not be happy outside of work as well. And yeah. it can factor into different things, which is which is really sad to see. But no, I'm really I'm really pleased that everything's worked out so far for you as well. Because the one thing that as a football coach for me, what I tell like my players when I coach them in midfield is to always be scanning, always to be looking yeah. around. So just like you said, in mm-hmm. terms of moving about, making space for others, being selfless, that's something that I think is really important as an attacking midfielder. And the fact that you've already understood that straight away is something that you can literally just implement for literally for the rest of your career. Because like I said before, some football players don't get to learn that until they're 27, 28, until they get told that by someone. But if you've learned that straight away, it's fantastic to see. It really is, Patrick. Nicely done. Now we're on to Venezia. Talk to us about Venezia. What are, the, what are the key highlights of being a Venezia player before we get to your first team debut, Patrick? What did you love about that move from Sporting Lisbon to Venezia? Because again, <clears throat> you were from a Portuguese descent. You had been in Portugal for a number of years as well. Mm-hmm. But what was it about that move to Italy that you thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the main reasons was seeing um, so many Americans in, in, in throughout the club uh, two players being on the first team. Um, that was definitely a reason, um, as well as the, the president and people working, like the directors, summer Americans and stuff like that. Because um, as, as an American, you, you don't really, you're not really given the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, if you're good, you're good, you know, and people say you're good, so it doesn't really matter. But, you know, you're not going to be given the, the benefit of the doubt. So going somewhere where they're American friendly, I think was a big reason to, to go to Venezia. And what, what you mean by that is, is in terms of when you come to Europe, in terms of the, you don't you don't get that second chance or that proper looking if you are an American player, because that has happened a lot recently in a lot of countries. It's happened a lot in the UK as well before the likes of like um, Brad Friedel, Brad Guzan, they came in and mm-hmm. they were doing really good as goalkeepers. Landon and Donovan came over for a spell as well at Everton on loan. Then obviously we've got the likes of Christian Pulisic here, Anthony Robinson as well, DeAndre Led- Yedlin we've had previously. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's become more of a norm to see American players doing really yeah. well. But there was a stigma in terms of, oh, this guy's American. He won't know what to do in, in these mm-hmm. situations. He won't be suitable to our game. So how did you kind of fight back on that? Because again, you, you got a bit of a, more of a comfort with these American owners, with these American players. But even against some of your peers in the first team or in the reserve team that you're playing in, how did you personally kind of fight against that, Patrick? Um, well, to be honest, um, when I was um, went up to the first team, some people didn't know whether to to address me as an American or as a Portuguese because um, I was mainly talking to Louise or to, to Nani because um, he I was speaking to him in Portuguese, so everyone kind of yeah. just assumed I was Portuguese. So I didn't really have that much of a bias towards me. Um, by the way, by the way, by the way. How cool is it you can just casually say, oh, yeah, I was just talking to Nanny. <laughs> I, I was just talking to Nanny yeah. in Portuguese as well. That's so cool. Sorry, mm-hmm. carry, carry on with what you're saying, Patrick. Yeah, I just had a little fanboy moment there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. me and Nanny, we're buds. We're Portuguese buds. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, no, not man. Nanny's hilarious, though. He's, he's, he is, he, he's also a really great guy. Um, he helped me a lot when I was up with the first team. Brilliant. No, that's really good. Yeah, so, yeah, he's a good guy. But um, I, to be honest, I mean – I was, or at least I thought I was, I was playing well when I was up. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't, you know, any animosity or anything against me um, during training or after. 
because there's some some players um, from the academy would come up and kind of wouldn't be able to mentally handle it or, or other things they just would do well or whatever. So then the first team players kind of, you know, they don't have patience for a, an academy kid coming up because they're, they're there to train. And then if a kid keeps losing the ball or something, it gets annoying quick, yeah. you know? But fortunately for me, I mean, as a midfielder, I just kept it simple the first couple of days. Um, so then when they got used to me, I was able to get gain more confidence while I was playing with them. And then I started to play really well. So they ne- there was nothing – they never really disliked me, you know. So it was pretty easy to transition to the first team. No, that's really good to hear. And that's really positive to hear that. It's literally – like you said before, the transition. It only came – your debut came in like the end of the season as well. So it's one of those things that you moved uh, the beginning of 2022. You came over, you, you joined the reserve team originally. But what are your hopes and your aspirations for next season, Patrick? Are you looking to cement that position down in the first team? looking to stay around training with the first team as well. What's your kind of plan and your aspirations for next mm-hmm. year? Um, I mean, right now I'm definitely putting tons of work um, to get back for preseason to cement a good role with, with in the first team. Yeah. I want to be playing, getting minutes with the first. I mean, of course, you never know. I could not play at all or I could play all the time. You never know. But I guess I would say a goal would definitely be um, cementing a role in with the first team, be, like constantly playing, getting getting that experience, playing in front of fans and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that was a, that was a thing that Italy took back late as well. During the pandemic, they had no fans in. But even over the last couple of um, months as well of the season, they were only starting to bring back full attendance into a lot of these grounds as well because of mm-hmm. the COVID situation as well. So that must be a fantastic feeling for, for a player to come back into like a home ground and to see the players um, being surrounded by their fans as well. It must be an amazing feeling to, to really see that as well, which is great. Um, but yeah, Patrick, one last question on your career before we move forward on to our other topics of conversation. Personally for you, how cool is it that you're a professional footballer? Like just, 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 <laughs> just, just yeah, just, just the fanboy question. Like how mm-hmm. cool is it that you're a professional footballer after I mean, all of the things that you've gone through at such yeah. a young age as well? Like, you must feel like, yeah, 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 I put the hard work in. It's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Next season, I'm back to Italy. Yeah. This is, this is going to be sick. This is going to be sick. How, how do you find that, personally? Do you ever just... I mean, I mean, me answering now, because I'm sort of used to it, I would mm. say it's cool, but I have... This is not where I want to end up. I have somewhere else I want to be. I want to go farther. Yeah. Uh, but eight, my eight-year-old self would think, like, like, that's crazy that I actually did it you know, or I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. You're, you're 28 yourself. 28-year-old self could be at Old Trafford starting lineup as well. And you'll probably just see me there in the crowd. <laughs> I'm like, I know Patrick. Patrick's yeah. my guy <laughs> from before. That's, that's mm-hmm. how it's going to be. But no, Patrick, thank you very much for talking to us about your career. It's really fun to learn some of the challenges of, of being a, an American footballer in Italy. Obviously, the language barrier that you've had to come across as well. The challenges of having this stigma against like American players as well. Mm-hmm. But now I wanted to kind of segue into another topic that I've been talking a lot about recently. And that's in terms of the actual talent that is actually coming out of the USA. Because the mm-hmm. USA is at the moment quite a hotbed for young, talented footballers. And not just like, just they're right talented. They're actually very good. They're actually mm-hmm. in different parts of Europe. They're looking at building a proper squad, a proper 23-man squad for the 2026 World Cup 
in Canada, Mexico and the USA as well, where they can challenge properly on a home front. Um, first things first, out of all the kind of players that are kind of in the American setup, what player do you kind of, not idolise, but who do you kind of look up to the most in terms of their development, how they've taken care of themselves as a footballer? And what have you kind of learned from them the most as well? So it could be anyone like McKenny, Pulisic, Rayner, whoever. Mm -hmm. Floor is yours. Um, I mean, I guess the easy answer would be Pulisic, but I'm going to choose Weston McKinney also because he's a midfielder yep. and he's in Italy. Um, Relatability right there. Ex yeah, exactly. Um, I've, I've like been watching his career and how, how he's done. Um, and he um, watching some of his games for Juventus. And he's he's been or he was he got injured. He was playing really well. Um, um last year or the last couple couple years and he I mean it's cool to see he's he also did what I did he actually he went to Schalke um I think when he was 15 so I went a year before him or whatever mm. but um he went to Europe um around the same time I did so I kind of could like you said I could relate to 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 what he did yeah and then and then when he got to Schalke he did well then he went to an even bigger club so that's hopefully I could do what he's doing. Absolutely. Because again, at Schalke, he was actually doing really well with Schalke at the time and they were a mid-table Bundesliga side as well. Mm -hmm. he was, it was around the time when I think Sane left and McKenney left the season afterwards for Juventus. And then they ended up going downhill and they got relegated. Yeah. Schalke did as well. And mm -hmm. only this season that, or next season at the time speaking, they'll be back in uh, the Bundesliga as well. So yeah. it's just the fact that a lot of these young players who are coming over from the USA, they're not just there to fill the squad or to make a just to have another random number they're there to make an impact and like mm -hmm. you said as well Weston McKenney was playing really good football uh, at Juventus I thought personally he did really well on the Perlo as well when Perlo is the manager it's just one of those things that I don't think the system really suits him in that 4-4-2 formation as well because I want to see him break a bit more free he is kind of a box-to-box -box player in this system mm -hmm. under Allegri but I think there's more to him as well I think the USA will will be playing him in this better position as well probably further up the field what do you kind of think, Patrick? Where would you like to see uh, Weston McKinney play uh, for the USA? Yeah, I, I, I agree. He's definitely a box-to-box -box midfielder. He he has um, a lot of attacking qualities that Juventus don't really use mm. um, because they have Dybala and all these other players. But he, I mean, when he plays with the national team, he's he's getting goals and and assists and stuff. So he, I think he could play more attacking. I'd rather see him more attack as also I'm an attacking midfielder. I like watching attacking football. So I definitely would want to see him be more attacking. No, absolutely. I can understand that completely as well. And that's just really something that a lot of players can really learn from as well. Like their countrymen in, in the game as well, what they do well, what they don't well, uh, don't do well, sorry, as well. So I'm really looking forward to, to hearing that as well. But it, just before we move on from this topic on the USA, Patrick, 2022 Qatar, what are your thoughts and what are your initial um, plans for, for Qatar mm -hmm. 2022? Do you, reckon, do you reckon USA will allow you to be there as the 23rd man? Do you reckon you'll be there in terms of... <laughs> yeah, you I never know. There have been stranger things that's happened for call-ups as well. It could, it could true. be um, I mean, you never know. If I do really well in Serie B next year, mm. then maybe I can get a call-up and I do really well at a camp. So I, you never know. Um, but I won't be disappointed if I don't go. 
Yeah. Um, but um, for how they'll do at the World Cup, I mean, they have they have England in their group, so that's that's a really tough game. Looking um, forward to that game. It's yeah. Be fun. Um, literally, have, like, literally, like I've said, I've been bigging up the USA for how good they are because everyone in England, um, when we played Scotland last year at the Euros, right, they were all saying, oh, we're going to thrash Scotland, game. we're going to do this, yeah. we're going to do that. We drew no, no. And I yeah. was the one that was like, don't count your chickens too early. Scotland are a mm-hmm. good team. But they're like, oh, you're overhyping them. And they're doing the same thing again for the USA. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, Hamza, you look too much into football. And I'm like, the USA are a good team. They have some mm-hmm. really good individual players. And I'm just kind of there, like with the USA, like you said as well, they have a really good team and not one to rule out or overlook straight away mm-hmm. as well, which will be good. Yeah, we're not bad. I mean, um, I think we could get out of the group. Mm. Hopefully, I think we can. Because, I mean, but Wales are also good. I mean, I've uh, uh, got Ethan Ampadu on, on, on Venezia. He... He's on Wales, and he, he was actually – he helped me a lot when I was with the first team. Um, and he's a very good player, and and Wales is very good. Bale, you know, Welsh Bale is unstoppable. So <laughs> it's going to – I think it'll be difficult to get out of the group, and I think we can. Round of – after, like, round of 16, maybe we could get by, but it's going to be hard. It will be a tough game. It will be a tough thing because mm-hmm. I'm one of those guys in the minority that think England may not even qualify from that group as well. Because literally every single game in that group for England is a war. You've got Iran, you've got Wales, <laughs> and you've got the USA. So you've got mm-hmm. three wars in that in that game, in that group stage, I should say. Sorry. So it'll be really fun to see. But if you could pick out three players from the USA team um, who you think the public in England who listen to our podcast and other people around the world who listen to our podcast who they should look out for, who they already kind of know, like they know about Pulisic and McKenney. Mm-hmm. Who are the three kind of hidden gems for you? Hidden gems, you, yeah. That you think they should look out for in that USA team? Um, I would say, I mean, I watch midfielders obviously way more, but so I would say Eunice Musa. Um, quality player. Absolutely yeah, very good. Player. He was at Arsenal before he went to Valencia. And yeah. He had a, he had a British passport and I was so annoyed when he got that USA call up because I was like, mm-hmm. Gareth Southgate, just call the guy up. And yeah, it's literally like one of our first ever podcasts. I was like, Yunus Musa, someone to watch out for. He scored against mm-hmm. Real Madrid in the 2 2 draw back in like October 2020 or something like that, or 19 or something. Crazy to see. But no, Yunus Musa is a quality player. What do you like most about Yunus Musa, Patrick? I think, I mean, he's so young so he's playing he plays very mature mm. um so i'll say his strength is also pretty good but also he's just like he just plays quick you know he's a good he's, he's just a good player you know yeah very agile on the ball and yeah, you don't see a lot exactly. of that nowadays with uh, a lot of young players coming through, but very agile very versatile in the way he can play as well mm-hmm. fantastic player to watch so number one we've got Yunus musa who have we got for number two hmm Not gonna say goalie. I w- I'm not gonna say Zach Steffens. Um, I mean, he is. He's at Man City. And he, he. He. I mean, th- he does make some mistakes in games. Like, I, I, was the FA Cup final or semi-final? Semi-final. Yeah, when Mane tackled him as well. He's, I, I do. Yeah, I do. I do still think he's good. You know, I, I will say him, Zach Steffens. I think. I think he's. He's a big part of. He. He will be a big part of um, the World Cup 
for America. Will he be your first choice keeper as well, Zaxter? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there's some people who play in the MLS and stuff, and I would, I mean, maybe this is, might be biased, but like, I would definitely rather have a keeper who's been training and he plays in games that mostly training, training with Man City, mm. you know, get having De Bruyne shoot on him than some someone in the MLS, you know, that's, that's it's different gravy, you know, it's, it's different. You yeah, know what I mean? It's definitely so is. definitely is different gravy. Yeah. It's crazy to see. Because again, it's like you said, we've got Sterling, De Bruyne, Foden, Bernardo Silva, these kind of quality players. Yeah. And with Haaland and Julian Alvarez going next summer as well, or mm-hmm. this summer, I should say. He'll be having the time of his life in training, just practicing. Yeah, he's getting he's getting well. shot on by those players every day. So yeah. I, I mean he's just he seems like the, the obvious choice for me. Definitely. So we've got Yunus Musa, we've got Zach Steffen. Who's that third player for us to watch out for? Uh from the USA, Patrick. Hmm. So hidden gem. Hidden gem. Um hmm. there's a there's definitely a couple. Gio Reyna is not a hidden gem, so I, mm. I won't say him. Um, actually, I might have to look up the the, the roster to to see. To see. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, because literally with the USA as well, there's so many players nowadays that they you kind of think it's like with Pat, uh, Gio Reyna, like we just said, he's not a hidden gem because he's that Bruce Dortmund killing it every other week as well. He may be injured, but he's still only like 19, 20 years old doing really good things. Which is crazy, and even mm-hmm. with like some of the players like um, Tyler Adams as well, uh, who was at Leipzig last season, doing fantastic work and looking at moving away. Fantastic player that I've I really admire uh, Tyler Adams personally as well. But yeah, who have we got as your third pick? Who are we going to go for? I mean, Brendan Aronson's good. He moved the leads, so that that's a good yeah. choice. But T- talk to me about Brendan Aronson because I haven't heard much about him. I know he's at one of the <laughs> RB clubs as well. But what is it that made him such a straight? straight purchase for Leeds that they wanted him straight away uh Jesse March did yeah well I mean Jesse March was there with him so I'm sure he knows him I mean I I had a player um in the academy with me from Philly Union from America and he knows personally uh Brendan Aronson okay and he yeah and he told me that Brendan is like a really nice great like great guy um always hardworking and and never complains and and all that stuff. So I think that's why Jesse Marsh um wanted him right away. Yeah. Because he is a good player, but he he also his personality within need, the locker room. Yeah, you need a proper mindset and you need someone who's a good calm and influence in the dressing room mm-hmm. as well, which would be really good. So we've got uh Brendan Aronson, Eunice Musa and Zach Steffen as our yeah. top three players to watch from the USA. I'm really happy with that because Unfortunately for me, I'm a pessimistic England fan, and uh, recently we haven't been doing that that well in the in our little games that we've had the Nation League. Hungary, we lost. Germany, we drew. Uh, Italy, I couldn't even care less what the score is at the moment with them. Um, but no, thank you very much for that, Patrick. I do appreciate you going through that as well. And before we wrap up the podcast, we normally get to ask our guest um, a choice of six sides because we are a six side type of podcast. So like mm-hmm. we have our like scrimmage games or. Um, I don't know what you'd call it in the USA when you just like meet up with your friends um, and play football, soccer. Pick up. Pick up games, that's the term. Yeah, yeah. pick up games. So yeah, we, we play our pick up games at six aside as well. So mm-hmm. my little theme for you is because you are based in Italy and because you are American, it's not that original to be fair, but you can make a combination team of American and Italian players in a six aside that are currently playing. 
So no like legends or anything like that who are retired. So so just currently playing on, just on currently. the national. Okay. Yeah, and the and the thing for me is I have to wait for you to say all of your team because then I have to think on the spot for all the okay. players that you've picked. So I have to pick the other the other team. Do I do I also get Portugal or just just America and Italy? Just America, Italy, because Portugal, we could just do all Portugal yeah. and forget about the other teams. You know, you know how it is, Patrick. Yeah. You, Ronaldo, Nani, Correa, yeah. whoever we want on that. Um, but no, Italy and, and the USA. So we'll, we'll match we'll match that up. So who have you got in in your first initial thoughts, Patrick? So does this team have a goalie? It's your choice. You can go for six strikers if you want. Six goalies, whoever okay. you want. One goalie, right, six I'll, strikers. I'll go with the goalie. Want. Okay. Um, even though he, I don't think he played that well this season, to be honest. But I have to cho- uh, choose Do- uh, Donnarumma. Donnarumma Damn. for sure. Damn it, gone for Donnarumma. Right, let, let me pop this in the chat so we don't forget. Donnarumma, um, right. And then Barella for sure. You're an idiot, man. How are you picking Barella? Barella is my <laughs> first choice. My first choice. <laughs> Nicola Barella, man. Oh. <laughs> He, he, I literally said, oh, you're like... He's, he's got to like, go on my like, team, I mean... Yeah, you're like, oh, you're like... Uh, what did I say earlier? I was like, oh, yeah, you're a number eight, like Nicola Barella. Yeah. Damn it, Patrick. <laughs> you should have said that, because... <laughs> yeah, I got it in your mind now. That subconscious was thinking there. So you've got Nicola Barella, Donnarumma in your team as well. Remember, you've got to pick American players as well. So if you want to pick yourself, you can pick yourself as mm-hmm. well. Or you I'm, I'm, not pick, I'm not picking myself. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Uh... He's injured, or he's coming back from injury. Chiesa. Chiesa's a quality player. Oh, my days. I was at the semi-final against Spain uh, last summer for the Euros. Mm-hmm. And I was at the end where Chiesa scored that amazing goal and turned back and he shot. Yeah. And I'm just, he's I was crazy. again, I was just like, this guy's insane. So annoying yeah. that he's injured because I thought he'd be a fantastic player to watch this season as well. Yeah, you after the really Euros. Miss him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After the Euros, he did so well. And then I thought he was going to, like get momentum and just kind of be like a, a household name, mm. you know, but then he kind of got injured and his people talking about him slowed down. But I think, I think he'll be back. What a fantastic player. He's so, yeah. He is really good. Is a, is a throwback player. He's such a joy to watch when you get to watch Piazza mm-hmm. play. Such an enjoyable presence on the pitch as well. And plays with his heart on his sleeve, like a proper Italian as well. So I love the passion mm-hmm. from Piazza. Fantastic team so far. Piazza, Barella, Donnarumma. You're killing me here, Patrick. Who have you got next? Um, all right, I gotta put some Americans in this team. I'll, I'll go with Pulisic. Pulisic, easy. Yeah. Go on, we'll, um, we'll make we'll make it easier for ourselves now. You can pick two more Americans, so it's like it's now three on three, three Italians, three Americans. Uh, okay, so it has to. Okay, okay. Go on. Oh well, then maybe maybe I might not have Donnarumma. I might put Benucci and then maybe or someone. But surely you got some good American defenders at the back, no? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sergino Dest. Dest. There we go. And then McKenny has to go in if it's, we're doing American. Your boy. You need yeah. your boy in there as well. So just to run it back for our audience, your goalkeeper is Donnarumma. Then you have somehow you've got Sergino Dest, that right back or defender in your six-a-side team as well. Then you've got a midfield of Barella and McKenny in there as well. And then up front, you've got the, the tricky guys of Chiesa and Pulisic who are literally going to... That's who you need on a small six-a-side, five-a-side pitch as well. They're the ones who are actually going to change it about a bit as well. Yeah. Should I put in a defender? You put Pulisic in. 
It's fine. Nah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But we're good. We're good. We're good. Right. This is now my time to not exactly shine, but <laughs> yeah. for me to try and catch up with this as well. Because normally yeah. when I put these little six aside teams out, they're like, Hamza, your team's not good. But the people who actually listen to our podcast, they're like, oh, you have to literally compete against who you've um, set up against as well. Mm-hmm. Right. First things first, Italian goalkeeper who I need to go for. I can't go for Donnarumma, can I? So, um, Buffon's still playing? Is Buffon's still playing? No, I'm not going to go still, for... still playing for Parma. He's still playing for Parma. Are you going to be able to play against Parma next season? Uh, I, I don't know if they got promoted. I, I, think, I think I will be. That would be mad. Do you know how cool that would be? Playing against <laughs> yeah, Buffon. I would definitely ask for his jersey. <laughs> definitely after that. Everyone else just kind of there as well. If, yeah, I was going to say, if, if, so, if I got to ask him before everyone else. Ask him in the tunnel so he doesn't forget. Yeah. Uh, best but best he probably best. will. To be honest, he probably will. Because when I was um, warming up um, mm. before I debuted, this, uh, this dad um, on the stands was asking, um, he's like, can you get a ball for my kid? Mm. And I was like looking around and I was like, oh, I don't have one now um, in my broken Italian. And then he was like, and I was, I was like, yeah, I'll just get it, get it for you after. Mm. And then the game forgot. totally forgot mm. because I was clapping with the fans and went straight to the locker room. So I, don't, I probably want to ask right, right, right after at the end of the game. No, that's okay. Um, it's just it's one of those things. You're busy in the moment, aren't you? So it's completely yeah. Uh, yeah, argument's sake, let's go for Zach Steffen. I'll, I'll represent with a, with a keeper because that, again, is the rule. Three USA players and three... Mm-hmm. Um, Italian players next American player I'm going to go for um, I've said Tyler Adams on the previous one so I'm not going to just bat, beat the bush with Tyler Adams on there as well you know who I'm going to go for I quite like him Joseph Scally oh okay Joseph Scally is my guy do you Good know choice. why the reason he is my guy unfortunately is because I bought him on FIFA for my Schalke career mode <laughs> and then I was like this guy's pretty good. And then I started to like watch his games and scout him a bit more as well. I was like, you know what? He's actually all right. He's a decent player. And I reckon he could make the squad for the, for the World Cup as well if he's, if he's fit. So I've got Stefan, Joseph Scali, And the last player I'm going to go for from the USA is Tim Weir. Because I mentioned Ooh. Rainer previously as well. So Tim that's, Weir is... Such... Go on, you can say. It's a good choice. Tim Weir is a tricky striker. He's someone that mm-hmm. I really enjoy watching is the someone who, honestly, the way he dribbles the ball as well, it's like he should be Brazilian, not American. Sorry to say it like that, but he literally has that Brazilian inside of him yeah. as well. Absolutely crazy. Literally, is so, so good to watch as well. Right, now I've done the American players. I can then go for the Italian players. Um, Going to go for Sandro Tonali. So Tonali is my guy. Ooh, that, that is a really good choice. He played really well this season. He's done really well. And I've been saying for a couple of seasons that he's someone to watch out for. He could be the next mm-hmm. Andrea Perlo, but he's got so much about him as well where you really want to watch what kind of player he will grow into. Will he stay as a deep-line playmaker? Will he be a more attacking midfielder as well going forward? So much to learn from as well. Um, next Italian player I'm going to go for is... This one's a tricky one. I was going to go for um, Raspadori, but I'm going to go for Immobile. Ooh, that's, I, was, I thought you were going to do Insigne or, or Immobile. I would have gone for Insigne, but he's moved to Toronto. So I'm kind yeah. of there, like, you could have gone mm-hmm. to somewhere else. You could have done this. You could have done that. But 
immobile i've always had not a soft spot but i've always had that certain kind of respect for him like because he's always stayed at lazio since he moved away from brucia dortmund as well he didn't really like it when he moved away from italy he's done really well for himself going forward as well for italy obviously being the main striker last uh, summer at the euros fantastic player to watch and fantastic player to really enjoy um playing as playing not playing with but like enjoying on fifa in a way and football manager and stuff and mm-hmm. always a goal scorer to go and watch and to really appreciate which will be good right patrick where do i go now do i go for another striker i've got two strikers a midfielder a defender and a goalkeeper i should re- be insensible i should go for an attacking midfielder or a midfielder or something like that so mm. i would definitely go for an attacking player you pick chiesa man chiesa was the guy i was going to go for um, Politano, maybe I watched him once. I thought he's all right. Bernadeschi, no, nah, not really. Not, oh, not Jorginho, no, no, not Jorginho. Zaniolo, Nicolo Zaniolo is my guy. He is my guy. UEFA conference winner came back from that awful injury, and everyone was like, Oh, he's not going to play much under Jose Mourinho at Roma. What a mm-hmm. fantastic player! He crushed even. it, yeah. Zaniolo got to make it into my team there. Ah. Uh, what 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 team I've got? I thought I'd be quite bad at this with you. You obviously picking the bigger, better players as well. I was yeah. crushed when you picked Barella. So um, Zaniolo into that squad as well was really good fun. But um, what are your thoughts on that team? So we've got Zach Steffen, Joseph Scali, Tim Weir, Tonali, Immobile, and Zaniolo. Do you reckon I've got two attacking there, Patrick? No, no, no. Six aside, you can go as, as attacking as you want. You know, depending on how big the field is, but I was gonna go for more attacking go for, the better. Yeah, more attacking the better, more chance of goals. I was gonna go for Belotti, but I think uh Zaniola has a bit more like mobility about him as well. Yeah, Scamacca, Rapsodori, Belotti, those are the kind of players I was thinking about as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it really in terms of my team. But everyone listening, hopefully you've enjoyed our little six aside this week of our Italian and American combination as well, um, which will be really good fun to look back on as well and some amazing players in there as well which will be which will be really good to see going forward as well um but no patrick just before we wrap up the podcast i did want to say thank you very much for your time today it's been great to speak to you and to learn from you um and how well you've done so far in the world of football so far i can only wish you the best of success going forward um it would be quite cool to meet in the future to do an in-person podcast or like mm-hmm. a football challenge yeah sport. for sure be good fun which would be really good fun. Um, but if there was someone out here who was looking at getting into professional football and there's kind of struggling at getting like from like a semi-professional to a professional level or mm. they're in their school and they may not be the best of players, what two pieces of advice could you give to those people listening out there who are probably in school trying to make it into their school team or trying to make it into their local team as well, into an academy? So again, we'll do what you did earlier. One on-pitch advice and one off-pitch advice which would help people listening. <clears throat> I don't want to say anything too cliche, mm. but um, I, I, so on the field, I'll, I think, I mean, if you're a midfielder, I would definitely say just check your shoulder all yeah. the time, scan, because you, you could make your decisions like that much like quicker and that, you know, and so definitely checking your shoulder would be one of the biggest things for me as a midfielder. Fantastic. On the field. Um, off the field, um, I would say just 
try to be as happy as possible. Cause if you're, you know, if you're going through stuff off the field, then you'll play horribly on the field. So just try to, you know, stay positive. Stay positive. I love it. What a fantastic way to end the podcast. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to our special podcast with Patrick Leal, Venezia midfielder, who's going to crush it with his career. I can't wait to see what you've got for us, Patrick. Like I said, if you're 28 years old and you're playing for Man United at Old Trafford, you can thank me for, for speaking it into, the, into existence. <laughs> yeah, manifesting it. <laughs> Definitely needed to be done, which would be good. But everyone, thank you very much for listening. Patrick, thank you very much for your time as always. Take Thanks care. for having me. And goodbye. <laughs>